0: DFS. It is Friday, November 4th here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to the Week Nine FanDuel podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schauff, with me as always, Jared Smola. Jared, before we get to the picks over here, I'm going to be honest with folks again. Still not playing on FanDuel, still haven't gotten anywhere with getting my account. Uh, reconnected. I you know, went and tried to get in touch with them again last week, did the chat. They're like, oh, so sorry for the delay. We're going to email you right away. I'll definitely pass it up. Somebody will be with you. Got the email very quickly, asked a question back. Uh, do you think I have heard back since then? I'm going I'm to guess.
1: No, I can't believe your Twitter or your rant uh, last week didn't you know, go viral and get this problem fixed for you. I can't believe that yesterday, tweeting directly at FanDuel support
0: saying it's the worst customer service I've ever encountered, got no response. Like we work in customer service as much as anything else on this site. If somebody tweeted that at me, I'd be like, "Oh crap, what's the problem?" I'm not gonna be like jerk. <laughs> probably because they get
1: get so many of those, they can't you know they can't handle them all. But it, you're probably in the queue, but it's gonna be a while.
0: I, I, don't, I don't think there's a queue. I think that's the thing. I think it's more like a pinata. But anyway, I won't be playing on FanDuel this week, but if I were playing on FanDuel this week, these are the guys I would use. Jared, I'm going to let you start with a cash quarterback even though I know who
1: you're starting with. Yeah, Josh Allen for me, always easier to fit in these high-priced quarterbacks on FanDuel, especially this week with you know no Jalen Hurts on the main slate, no Patrick Mahomes, no Lamar Jackson. Like, Allen's the only elite quarterback on the slate. He's averaging 28.1 FanDuel points per game. That's Almost five points ahead of anyone else. And the next quarterback's Joe Burrow, who, you know, is missing his top wide receiver this week. So I think the gap is maybe even bigger than those numbers would suggest. Yeah, no argument against Josh Allen. I wouldn't be
0: shocked, like we said on the Thursday pod, if this game is not ex- as explosive as you might hope for the Bills. So I'm not going to go out of my way to get up there. We'll see exactly how he fits with everybody else. If you look at the lineup generator, you got Josh Allen up top, despite that highest salary at the position. Then you've got Kyler Murray at number two as I think the third most expensive quarterback on the main slate on FanDuel this week. Murray is the one I really don't like as a fit here because I think the matchup with Seattle hurts both his floor and his ceiling. Like maybe the Seahawks defense turns into a pumpkin at some point, maybe it works out, but if it is at least good, you know, if not as good as the numbers say right now, but if it's even good, I think it hurts the chances of Murray hitting floor or ceiling this week. I think if you're chasing that ceiling, go to Josh Allen, but I also think Justin Herbert is in play for ceiling at 7,800 bucks. I think there's at least as much upside as Kyler Murray has this week. You know, he's missing Mike Williams, missing Keenan Allen. So that hurts, but Atlanta's third, most generous to quarterback scoring by our adjusted fantasy points allowed on the season. You got cheap wideouts that you can play with. So you kind of make up for not having Mike Williams or Keenan Allen, by paying down and still getting the guys that Justin Herbert's going to be targeting in this game. And obviously Austin Eckler's still there in cash. It's even easier to play Eckler and Herbert together and just kind of corral the chargers points against the Falcons without, you know, trying to make sure you're necessarily maximizing it.
1: Yeah. I'll never argue against Justin Herbert. Um, you, you wish he had his weapons healthy, but I think this matchup is so good. It's, it's tough for me to see him failing.
0: I think there are some floor options. Tom Brady, 6,900. Geno Smith, yeah. 7,500 if you don't want to pay up and if you don't want to go after Justin Herbert without those guys.
1: Yeah, I'm playing Tom Brady in tournaments on FanDuel. I mentioned him on DraftKings. I think he's a better value here. 6,900 bucks, that's got to be as cheap as Brady has been in a long, long time. And he's coming in at just 6% projected ownership um and he's obviously been a fantasy disappointment this season but as we talked about that's because you know he's 17th among quarterbacks in touchdown passes he's first in attempts first in completions first in pass yards he's just sitting on an absurdly low touchdown rate that you just have to bank on improving going forward um decent matchup against the rams um they're actually 19th in football outsiders pass defense tvoa they're eighth in adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks but you know the, the other reason i like brady as a tournament plays, I think you stack them with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Um, You know, those guys have combined for 50% of Brady's targets, 55% of the receiving yards over the past three weeks now. So it's just super concentrating. You're going to soak up a lot of Brady's production
0: with Evans and Godwin. He's also tied for seventh in end zone targets among quarterbacks. So it's not even like they haven't gotten close enough to actually try for touchdowns. It's just, it's primarily bad luck. There are certainly issues yep. with the offense, but the reason that his fantasy scoring is so low relative to opportunity is mostly bad luck. He's my primary guy too. I I, I agree with all of that. Mike Evans is at single digit ownership projection here as well. And he's also at 7,700, which is not too high a price for somebody with his displayed ceiling. Chris Godwin mm-hmm. also 6,700. So cheap on here. My run back, I think would be Tyler Higby at 6,100 bucks. Haven't liked his role a whole lot lately, but there's not a whole lot to like on that Rams offense right now. Yeah. Allen Robinson's intriguing, I think, but he's mm-hmm. too expensive for me at seven K on Fanduel. Cooper cup would be the obvious candidate, but that ankle kind of worries me for chasing his upside. I would also say, I don't think you need a Rams run back in this game because a lot of games you want that because you want the game to be a shootout to force your quarterback's offense to throw the ball a lot. I think with Tampa, they're just willing to throw the ball a lot. They don't they could blow out the Rams in this game and they'll still throw the ball a bunch of times. So this might be a a time where you play that buck stack and don't worry about the Rams run back.
1: Yep, that's what I made a Brady team this morning on FanDuel, and I, I had no run back um, I don't like and cup cup might be the sharp tournament play if his ownership projection comes down that'd be a bit surprised if he comes in at, even at double digits at 9000 bucks with the ankle but um, I, I'd rather you know go down and play Justin Jefferson or play Devonta Adams I think is who I actually have in that Brady lineup so yeah I'm, I'm gonna go without a run back I'm with you I, you know the, the bucks need a get right game and you know th- this could be like a you know 35 to, to 13 type game if, if you know things break in their favor.
0: Mm-hmm. And even if it's just a 24 to six right. game, like they could be, they could be three uh, passing
1: touchdowns. And we'd be all right. Yep. Running back for cash. What are you doing here, Jared? Aaron Jones and Travis Etienne, I think are the two guys to, to get in cash lineups. They're 7,800 bucks for Aaron Jones, 7,600 bucks for ETN. Um, yeah, jo- you know, Jones still in a committee ish with AJ down, but he's kind of taking control over the last month. And out of that backfield Jones over the last two games, 28 carries and 15 targets. Um, I think that usage in the passing game is, is going to continue just because their wide receivers are struggling. Good to match up obviously against Detroit, and then Travis Etienne is just still underpriced for the new role that we're projecting him in now that um, James Robinson's out of the way. Etienne played seventy nine percent of Jacksonville's offensive snaps last week, twenty four carries and three targets. Um, you know, not betting on that level of volume, but I do think you're going to get you know twenty plus touches out of him.
0: Yeah, both of those guys are basically getting workhorse level usage. They're under 8K in salary. Aaron Jones, the only game where he's had fewer than 16 opportunities since week one was that week six game against the Jets where they just got uh, blown out. Otherwise, he's been a very good bet for opportunities. And, you know, whether they're rushing or receiving, I don't really care Mm -hmm. because he's capable of delivering on both of those. Uh, Puts those guys ahead of Josh Jacobs and Austin Eckler. I would love to get one of those guys into the lineup um, with them. Deontay Foreman is also in play here now for 7300 because Chuba Hubbard, just before we started recording, got ruled out by the Panthers. Ooh, so wow. I think Foreman now makes sense at that salary because of that.
1: Yeah, he's okay. You know, he's in our projections right now as if Hubbard wasn't going to play anyways. Um, so, you know, he still doesn't come up as one of the top failures. He'd be more of a tournament play for me, but I, I do think he's an option. It's obviously not as good a matchup as not nearly as good of a matchup as he faced last week. Yes,
0: I agree with that tournament lineups. The thing that stuck out to me the most, I'm surprised to see that Devin Singletary is trending high in ownership by the numbers in our lineup generator for FanDuel. The Jets sit eighth in run defense DVOA, ninth in coverage DVOA for running backs. So the the matchup's not positive for him. One running back touchdown allowed over the past three games, two total running back touchdowns allowed over the past five games. So, you know, again, it's not a great setting, obviously one that's beatable. I think people are buying Devin Singletary, well, hypothetically, people are buying Devin Singletary's carry boost over the past two weeks. We'll see if this projection comes down, but he has seen more carries on the ground over the past two games. The Bills figure to work Naheem Hines in some this game, even if it's not a ton. They don't generally care about making sure that Devin Singletary gets his touches, so that's not a thing that I'm counting on happening in a given game. He also has zero rushing touchdowns for the year and only three total carries inside the five yard line. So it's not even like there's a ceiling that we're chasing the other, a couple other players who have three carries inside the five so far, Jarek McKinnon, Tyler Algier. So Devin Singletary is just not somebody that I would consider at all. So the fact that he's sitting there with a double digit rate next to his name surprised me.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's cheap, I guess at six K, but I would not play him in cash and in tournaments. Like I'd rather play AJ Dillon at 6,100 bucks. I mean, he might have slightly less of a you know, touch projection, but I think he's a much better touchdown bet. Um, and then Antonio Gibson, I'd rather play him than Devin Singletary as well at sixty-one hundred bucks. So no, no, uh, no use for Singletary for me this week. I
0: have both Dylan and Gibson down as you know other guys at basically the same price instead of Singletary. And if you don't want to play those two, you could just ignore the ownership and go up five hundred bucks from Singletary and play Raheem Mostert and get somebody with I think a much higher ceiling. Yeah, agreed. Anybody else for a tournament running back?
1: I have Josh Jacobs down. To me. I wish people would be more scared off by last week's performance. He's still coming in at high ownership, but I'm I'm going to play him anyways. Um, then you, you mentioned Dalvin Cook on DraftKings. I had had him here for Fanduel, six um, percent projected ownership. It's a you know tough on paper matchup, but you know I think the Vikings should move the ball, set Cook up for some touchdown opportunities, and he's just clearly played ahead of Alexander Madison over the past couple of weeks. So if you can get you know twenty touches out of the guy at six percent six percent ownership, I think he's a nice tournament play. Yeah, and if we believe in the
0: offense in general to move the ball, score, and win the game, Mm -hmm. we should bet on the running back, regardless of what the defense looks like. Yep. Wide receiver for cash, Chris Godwin is just the starting point this week. Um, Too cheap on DraftKings, too cheap, I would say, on FanDuel as well. 6700 bucks is his salary here. It's really just because he hasn't scored yet, as we keep mentioning. Only four wide receivers have more receptions than Godwin over the past three weeks, Only four wide receivers have more receptions over the past five weeks. He's got three straight games of 11 plus targets. So we know the ball's going to go his way. We know he'll probably catch it. He's going to score at some point. I would like to be on board when he does. Then a couple other guys in that 6K range, Christian Kirk against the Raiders. I think he's better priced here than he is on DraftKings relative to the other options. Josh Palmer, 6,200 against Atlanta. Christian Kirk, I think people are against a little bit right now because he hasn't been as good the past few weeks. This is a favorable matchup against the Raiders, though, the kind of game where he could just get five targets and catch all of them. The Raiders are still without their top slot corner, Nate Hobbs, and his replacement in there, Ameek Robertson, is allowing a 119.2 passer rating in coverage as opposed to Hobbs at 88.2, according to PFF.
1: Yeah, the Raiders have actually allowed um, the most fantasy points to the slot this season. Um, So I have Kirk on my list here too. I, you know, he's cooled off from his hot start. I think he's, he might be closer to what we've seen lately than what we saw early in the season, as far as, you know, fantasy production goes, but he's at 6,300 bucks, you know, he's priced as like a low end wide receiver three. So I'm going to, I'm going to play him in this matchup. Who else you got? Uh, Chris Gobbin and, um, and Christian Kirk are kind of my two staples for wide receiver at cash. I'd like to get up to Justin Jefferson for my third spot. It's, it's tough at 9,000 bucks, but I think, I think Josh Palmer is in play, too, if you want to go with, with, you know, three sub-7K wide receivers in cash.
0: And I think Amon Ross St. Brown is also in play, just above that 7K line, 7,100. Nine-plus targets, six-plus catches for him in every game where he's played more than 32%
1: of the snaps. Yep, agreed. On the tournament side, what do you like for wideout? Yeah, so Mike Evans is my favorite play here, 7,200 bucks. Um, You know, he's a guy that's kind of built for FanDuel with his touchdown scoring ability. Evans actually has... Gone four games now without a touchdown. He has not gone five games without a TD since 2017. So, you know, he's he's due. If you believe in do-ness, Evans has it this week. And he, he's been good against the Rams. Three meetings over the last three seasons – Eight catches for 119 yards in a score, eight catches for 106 yards, and five catches for 49 yards in a score. If you believe in Dunas, should be a
0: Mountain Dew commercial. <laughs> yeah, quietly drawn 26 targets over the past two games. He's tied for ninth and expected half PPR points per game among wideouts for the season. So yeah, like him, like Chris Godwin, four tournament lineups as well, even if you're not playing a Tom Brady stack. I want to also signal that Jalen Waddell is at single digit ownership projection right now. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are both sitting there with single digit ownership projections. You can find those numbers for all of the players in our lineup generator. And I think all of those players are worth considering just for the fact that they would be um, under uh, double digit ownership. Rondell Moore, 5,900 bucks is also sitting in single digits. He would be nice on the other side of either a single Seahawks wideout or that Geno Smith lock at DK Metcalf stack in
1: a tournament lineup. Yeah. Good price on Rondell Moore not the, type of guy you usually play on on Fanduel, but I think I think he's he's okay at the price yeah if you get a touchdown from him then you're golden can you score a touchdown two weeks in a row I don't know if Morris is capable of doing that
0: <laughs> I never like to bet on Cliff Kingsbury but I don't know we'll see Terry McLaurin another one who's sitting on single digits and can fit in those Dalvin Cook
1: Justin Jefferson yeah. whatever Vikings lineups you want I'll have a lot of Jefferson McLaurin teams this week I don't think I'll get to Kirk Cousins at the quarterback play but I like that many stack cash tight end Jared
0: is it the same guy for you on Fanduel as we had on DraftKings
1: yeah, Evan Ingram, not as big a value on FanDuel at 5200 bucks, but um, I still think he's the best cash game play, the best target bet, one of the best target bets on the main slate, and especially for the price tag. Ingram has 29 targets over the last four weeks. That's third among all tight ends. It's 20% target share, and Vegas is 24th in adjusted fantasy points without the tight ends. I think Gerald Everett's too expensive
0: on DraftKings to factor into cash lineups, but at 5800 on FanDuel, I think he's um well within range of being in cash lineups here. The matchup is just worth chasing. I don't even have to lay it out. The Falcons are generous to everybody on offense. Gerald Everett could be their he, he could be their lead wideout this week. We talked about Josh Palmer and I would bet on Josh Palmer getting more targets, but I wouldn't be shocked if Gerald Everett is the top receiver for the Chargers yep. by the end of this game.
1: Yeah, I agree. I like him straight up over Ingram. He's 600 bucks more if you can fit him in. I I'd get up to Everett.
0: On the GPP side, I'm I'm also comfy with just leaning toward Evan Ingram and Gerald Everett here. I think there's enough mm-hmm. upside to both of them because of the matchups, because of their roles in their offenses. That's just the duo I'm going to That's the the duo I would be going with if I were allowed to play on FanDuel
1: this week. Yeah, I like those guys too. I don't think the ownership on them is going to get too out of control. Dawson Knox, I think, is worth a look at just fifty one hundred bucks just for the TD upside in the Bills' offense. And Darren Waller, if he returns, I mean, he's been disappointing this season so far. I still think he has, you know, maybe the highest ceiling among tight ends on this slate. He's just six thousand um, bucks. You know, Jacksonville's defense has not been that great lately, so I think it's a decent spot to use Waller. Obviously, some risk coming off the hamstring but we can you know assume that risk in tournaments defense dolphins at 3600
0: against the bears are sitting atop the lineup generators list they're also headed for high ownership it looks like um so you want to watch that for tournament fields they're they're fine the bears certainly present upside the bears have gotten better lately but i think the dolphins are certainly in play here i would like to get to the bucks at 4700 against the rams who are still the second most friendly matchup Four team defenses by our adjusted fantasy points allowed.
1: Yeah, I love the Bucks. Um, love the Bills up there too. But th- those would be tournament plays for me. I think it, f- to, for me, it's Miami pretty easily in cash. I didn't think they're way too cheap. Um, they're our third ranked defense on the main slate, and they're seventh cheapest in FanDuel salary. You know, Fields and the Bears offense have been playing better lately. Fields has still taken five, four, and four sacks over the last three games. He has two interceptions over the last three games. He has five fumbles over the last three games. He hasn't lost any of them. You know, that's just good fumble luck. So I still think it's a really good matchup for the Dolphins defense.
0: That's just a young guy learning how to fumble, right, Jared? (laughs) That's right. If you listen to Greg Cosell, too, he'll say things like, there'll be one throw where you're like, oh, that's beautiful. And then the next play, you'll be like, what are you thinking? So Justin Fields is capable of playing both a good game and a bad game at once. Like, he can score for us and score for the defense. So, yeah. I like the Dolphins there. I think the Seahawks are going to go under own here at 4,100. They're just kind of stuck in the middle where you know, people are going to look at them and be like, well, I'll just save money and go to the Dolphins, or I've got salary, I'm going to go to the Bucs. But there's plenty upside to the Seahawks, the way they've been playing lately. Most sacks in the league over the past three weeks and playing a team that they held to nine points in the first meeting. Could have had four takeaways in that game as well. So I think that they're fitting into the plans here for either format.
1: Yeah, makes sense to me. I think other defense is kind of in that range. Um the Bengals at home for Carolina, I still think PJ Walker is probably going to turn back into a pumpkin at some point here. And then the Colts um who get the Patriots 4200 bucks. Uh, Mac Jones just he wasn't good before the ankle injury. He hasn't been good since the ankle injury. So if the Colts can get out to a lead and you'll force the Pats to throw more than they want to, there's there's some upside to that defense.
0: I think being a pumpkin still makes you the Panthers starting quarterback cuz the other things <laughs> are like moldy right. vegetables. Yeah, that's true. That's going to do it for this week nine FanDuel podcast. Head over to draftsharks.com now. You can mess around with the lineup generator. You can build your own lineups for FanDuel, for DraftKings, for Yahoo. You can also do so. We talk about the main slate here, but you can hit the late afternoon slate. You can hit the early afternoon slate. Um, we can hit the expanded slates. So mess around and you do whatever formats you like to play in there. You can also find my showdown tips for those single game slates. I'll post those for the Thursday game for the sunday night game for the monday night game where we compare our projections to the salaries find the values for setting those particular lineups for jared smola and the rest of the draft sharks crew i'm matt shaft saying thanks so much for swimming with us